to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Today, we have a special treat because we have a guest and a special guest co-host. The latter is our friend, Ashley Schnazy, who homesteads and homeschools her two boys with her husband, Dylan, at Steady Presence Farms near us. We've invited Ashley to join us with her homesteading experience because our guest is Cody Hanner, a wife, homeschool mom of six, and homesteader from Idaho who has devoted her life to agriculture and embracing rural living. Cody created and authored the Homestead Education series of homeschool curricula, which incorporates homestead-based science. She's also the host of the Homestead Education podcast, where she and her guests chat candidly about homesteading, homeschooling, and personal growth. Welcome, Ashley and Cody. Well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) You guys, I'm so excited about this whole thing. Cody, what I'm excited about is I love when I know 0% about our guest because (laughs) it's going to be this raw, real conversation. That's great. I'm so excited. (laughs) First, tell us a little bit about your family. Um, We are a blended family. Uh, My husband and I met um, almost 10 years ago, and we both had two kids coming into our marriage. And had two more together that we raise all six of them just as our core family, which I think is really special that we have that opportunity, regardless of the scenario that brought us to it. Mm -hmm. And my husband's a disabled veteran. So we kind of sat down and decided that we could live wherever we wanted to, because whether I was working or not, I could figure something out, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I worked in agriculture, so everybody has ag. And we... Ended up taking off to the mountains of North Idaho, and we live in the middle of nowhere and have a little little homestead up here. And I, uh, about two years ago, was just kind of like, I need to find something for me because uh, after my last pregnancy, I things got a little rough and some bad postpartum, and I needed to reignite my fire. And that is where the homestead education came from. Wow. It sounds dreamy. It really <laughs> sounds dreamy. How old are the kids now? So we have a almost three-year-old through 19-year-old. Hmm. Yeah, big gaps. We have yeah. 19, 17. Uh, we have two 14-year-olds, a five-year-old, and a two-and-a-half-year-old. <laughs> so you're an expert on all the things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm actually, I talk a lot on raising self-sufficient kids. And my first statement is that, you know, I'm not a child psychologist. I'm just an honest mom, which means I'm not going to give you a canned speech. And that's probably the best part of it. (laughs) Amen to that. Yeah. So homeschooling or homesteading, which one came first for you guys? Oh, chicken or the egg. Um, (laughs) Little homeschool pun or homestead pun. It's hard because I grew up ranching and then I was an ag major. And so even when my kids were in public school, we were farming or at least always had gardens and 4-H animals and things like that. But mm. we bought our big homestead about two years after we started officially homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And Which how big is, is your homestead? 
Uh, we have 40 acres. Yes. And yeah, we do a little bit of everything here. Uh, we have our big gardens. We grow our own, some of our own hay. We can't really quite cover all of it, but the neighbors grow hay. And so we trade. My husband does mechanic work for hay. So that's a really great mm. trade-off that we get to have in our small community. Mm-hmm. Um, we also get all of our grain in our small community. So I love that as well. Um, we have dairy cows, chickens. Uh, we raise a lot of our own meat. We actually, today was butcher day. So we had our butcher here um, taking off some of our customers' pigs that they bought from us because our biggest product is hogs. We raise nine sows and they're all homestead pigs that are raised, you know, non-GMO, local grain, uh, minimal medications. And we sell those for 4-H pigs all the way up to retail cuts. Amazing. Ashley's jealous, I think, right? (laughs) You know what? It is. Homesteading's hard, just like ranching was hard, but just like working a full-time job was hard. So we all choose our hard. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's the number one thing that I get as a homesteader when people ask what we do and stuff. And I say we homestead. They're like, oh my gosh, that's such a hard thing. And I'm like, I think it sounds a lot harder to me for both my husband and I to be working full-time jobs and send the kids everywhere and whatever, because we all choose our hard. That would be easier for one person and it's not for me. So it's whatever fits. You know, we found the hard of jobs and juggling the public school system was exhausting compared to being entrepreneurs that homeschool our kids. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So you started homeschooling before you officially, I guess, started homesteading, right? Uh Yes. What led you to that after having had your kids in school for a while? You maybe alluded to that, but. Well, we have some non-neurotypical kids. Okay. Um, You know, it's ADHD and autism. Um, That's kind of what drew me and my husband to each other when we first met, that we were both single parents of really challenging kids. And we both kind of needed that support system. Mm -hmm. Um, And. We just, it was so many problems at the school all the time. I mean, we, my husband and I couldn't even go to the grocery store without getting a phone call from the school that we needed to come deal with a kid. Mm -hmm. And it was just too much. And so we actually, our oldest, he got in a little trouble. I mean, nothing crazy, but it was enough that we were like, he needs a break. Like we need to get him out of this situation and give him a break at home. And so we actually signed up to homeschool through a charter that really supported us. Uh, which was great. I know some states offer that, some don't. This was when we were in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they actually paid for all of our curriculum and stuff and gave us some guidance because I had no clue. I had one friend that had homeschooled for like two years when I was a kid, and that's all I knew about homeschooling. <laughs> I mean, it was, I had no clue. Yeah. And so, I mean, he was in eighth grade, so I was like, I mm-hmm. can't do all the typical homeschool that I hear, you know, that like you're just bonding and reading together. I'm like, that doesn't work with my 14 year old stepson, you know, like, I mean, I say, I say stepson, our kids are all our kids, but yeah. there isn't that same relationship where he's like a five-year-old that's going to crawl on my lap and have mommy read to him. You, know? right. you probably wouldn't have wanted him to crawl no. on your lap, right? <laughs> um, so we had a very much a school at home type mm-hmm. of situation for him because we also thought he was going back in six months. Mm-hmm. We were just giving him a break from junior high to start high school fresh. Yeah. And you have yeah. to start somewhere, right? I mean, you yeah. just you throw a dart and and see you and go from there, right? Yeah. I mean, my husband was like, uh, homeschooling? No, this is not happening. Like, you mm-hmm. are absolutely insane. We like our free time. 
you know, that's why we moved to Oregon because we could afford for you to be a stay-at-home mom so I can just enjoy my wife. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, we did a lot of hunting and hiking and stuff at the time. And um, yeah, he was like, no, homeschool's not happening. <laughs> um, right around the same time, our 14-year-old had to come home. Um, my husband was diagnosed with liver disease uh, from something that happened in Iraq. We don't have it pinpointed, but that's what sure. we can pretty much figure out what happened. Yeah. And we at the time they told us that it was, you know, in stage like get your affairs in order. Oh, right. wow. Yeah, it was really scary. And I mean, luckily now, five years later, we um, I guess six years later, we have he basically they can't find any traces of liver disease. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you our whole system for that, it, you know, basically just going to the all natural lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like at the time we were casual drinkers, you know, the, the typical like we'd have a barbecue on a Friday night and mm-hmm. we'd drink a six pack of beer and I'd have some wine and we kind of we cut out all of that. And, mm. you know, it just we made those choices for him. And but when we started homeschooling that oldest child, the other kids would come home and want extra work for themselves that was more fun than the work they were doing. <laughs> mm. So I was homeschooling him all day long. And then homeschooling the twins, which were in second grade at the time, Uh they'd come home and they wanted harder math than they were doing at school. So then I was teaching them the eighth graders math lessons because that's (laughs) what they wanted to learn. Um, Yeah. So I was exhausted. And then they decided to come home. And then our now 17-year-old decided to come home. He was in the sixth grade at the time. Mm -hmm. And he has something called ODD. It's oppositional defiance disorder, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what it sounds like. It is horrible. Mm. (laughs) And, you know, it was a, he didn't want to do school at regular school and he didn't want to do school at home either. (laughs) And I mean, it was just one of those things where I was doing anything I could to support him, which was, you know, like, well, I can't read. And so we'd already bought curriculum that was all reading. And so I was typing that curriculum at night into like word so that the google lady would read it to him oh my gosh and then he didn't want to listen to it because he thought she sounded weird (laughs) yeah and but then i could i didn't have time to sit and read to him because i was too busy trying to teach the other kids and we Mm -hmm. had like an infant at the time so i mean it was just it was too much and Mm -hmm. that's when and then with my husband being sick at the time that's when we decided that which I say he was sick. He had no symptoms. The whole uh, thing that made him even realize he had it is he was having heartburn issues and wanted to just kind of like they were really bad. And so we were trying to figure out what was going on with that. And so they did the whole, you know, lab work CT and yeah. that's, they found his enlarged liver. So, mm. you know, he wasn't sick. So that was what was even weirder for us is we're like, yeah. well, you know, like everything's normal. What do we do? And yeah, like we, it was weird because we weren't trying to heal an illness. We were trying to heal so heal something that wasn't even there. Like, or, I mean, it was there, but it didn't feel there. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that caused a lot of you know hard in the family, starting as a new homeschool family. And so, um, when we realized that we really needed to cook all of our food from scratch, mm-hmm. we knew that our five acre small piece of property in uh, central Idaho or central Idaho, central Oregon, which is it's the high desert, so it's like a frozen sandbox. Mm-hmm. But like, we can't grow everything here. So oh. <laughs> we we started looking, and we had friends that lived in North Idaho from, that I had known in college. And so we came up to visit them and knew that this was... Well, actually, we came up to visit just to give our family a break from life. Mm-hmm. And we knew that this is where we wanted to live. And within a year, we had a homestead up here. 
Wowzers. That was a long, but I think it really, yes, yeah. right. It's one of those things that everybody has their story and their catalyst. Yeah. And sometimes without having somebody else to say, this is how we did it. Yep. You don't know what to do with all those feelings. Yeah. 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 And you think you're the only one in some kind of weird, odd, hard situation. But when we hear from everybody else, mm-hmm. no, you can do it because Cody had a hard situation That's and right. whoever else, right? Yep. Not, uh-huh. We all did, right? That's exactly yeah. it. Well, I was going to ask you then is, uh, what brought you to homesteading, but we get it. Yeah. What brought you to homesteading is this health condition. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sense, I mean, right. Even when we had our five acres, the kids all had 4-H animals. We always bought extra pigs to butcher yeah. for ourselves every year. And we had chickens and stuff, but it wasn't it wasn't that whole holistic picture where, I mean, we're even to the point we make our own cleaning products and stuff because yes. we can't want right. any toxins in the house. Yep. Yeah. I haven't given up makeup yet, though, you know. That's the last one. I have a brand. You know what? what, What is it? Yeah. Um, it's called O Natural, A U okay. Natural. I, I and they actually, it was created by um, a woman in Green Bay. Their like Ooh. main um, processing plant or whatever is like right here by yeah. us. And I absolutely love it. It's a little bit pricey, which like, Lots of stuff in the natural uh-huh. sector is anyway, but it lasts forever. I mean, I'm clearly nowhere near a daily makeup user <laughs> yeah. by any means, of course, yeah. but <laughs> it lasts me like a year, a year and a half. Yeah. I to, like, a, I'm like a once or twice a week makeup user. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, Which, you're you know, going to look that up, Cody. <laughs> I will. I, you know, and I have another lady I really like too, that has some great products, but it's more, I figure if he stays out of my makeup, we don't have to worry about the toxins. And so, yes, you know. there you go. Yes. <laughs> if your husband's in your makeup, you have a different problem. Exactly. <laughs> Although my three-year-old was in it yesterday. So, you know. No, but that's okay. He's through, right? So. Yeah. So what does your daily rhythm look like with all of your wide age span of kiddos now that you guys have been in this for a while? Yeah, um, I think we kind of do two kind of styles of homeschooling which makes it where our daily rhythm changes mm-hmm. um three days a week i am a pretty strict homeschooler mm. we do our math our english we have a routine the kids have to be up and dressed and at the table at a certain time and well they have to feed first and then be at the table <laughs> yeah get out to mm-hmm. the trough kids right I- <laughs> I don't feed. That's I'm I'm the business manager, you know. <laughs> no, I get out there and work. But you know, feeding when I was a kid, that was my job. It's my kid's job now. It's just yeah. kind of that that circle of life, you know, just like with families who don't have animals, it's always or even like a dog, it's the kid's job to feed the dog, or it's the yeah. kids it's always the kid's job to take the trash out. That's mm-hmm. kind of it it works the same on farms. It's always the kid's job to kind of do that grunt work. And then the parents are the ones that are out there, you know, pulling fins line and stuff. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they have to handle animals first and any emergencies with animals because they always happen overnight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Never during the day. Yes, <laughs> of course. And that would then, be too easy. Yeah. They have to be dressed and at the table ready to do school. And, you know, the reason I feel like that's still really important is because one day they're going to have jobs mm-hmm. and they need to understand how that system works. Mm-hmm. Right. It's that that self-discipline, even if they end up being entrepreneurs like mom. Oh, yeah. I still have that self-discipline. So I, I've never been on time anywhere in my life, but I'm, <laughs> little, I'm, I'm only five minutes late. So we're good. You know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm with you with that. That mm-hmm. is such a thing. Yeah. Because the reality here. is, I, I got to say, and I will get a lot of naysayers about this. Hey, 
I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to speak truth. But it goes a little something like this. This <laughs> bouncing on the ball thing. I get it. I get it. Okay. Some kids need to bounce on a ball, but I feel like the the employer's not gonna let them bounce on a ball. All right. No. That's just fact jack. Mm-hmm. Like, oh what? You need to bounce on a ball? Go find somewhere else to work. We don't have balls right. for you, son. That's and great. so I'm, I'm with you, Cody. There needs I'm a mean to mom, come. you know. Yeah. Amen, sister. I'm right with you. <laughs> but you do something the other days of the week different, it sounds like. Yeah, I do. Four days a week, we are basically unschoolers. Uh, one extreme and we, the other. Yeah. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Well, because I want them to have that time to explore their own interests. I want them to have time to dig deeper into the farm. They all love the farm and they have, um, my older kids all either have pretty serious jobs or something big that they do on the farm. Hmm. So that's their time to do that. Um, It gives me opportunities to you know, sew with my daughter and, you know, she uh, babysits. And so she can let, and um, like she babysits because she's a homeschooler. She can babysit uh, families that have like different schedules. Yep. So she babysits for a family that wishes they could homeschool and they can't. And so the mom has like a rotating schedule working for border patrol. And so she tries to homeschool on her days off. And Savannah steps in on those other days. Oh, that's neat. Mm-hmm. And that she helps with her little brothers too, because she actually is really dyslexic. So I have her teaching her baby brothers their spelling. And mm-hmm. because then she's having to work through the phonics mm-hmm. without me having to um, degrade her in that way. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess, uh, you know, I don't mm-hmm. want to make her feel small by teaching her like clapping phonics, you know? Yeah. When she's 14 and she's very intelligent, but yeah, she yep. she can't do that. And so her teaching somebody else makes her have to go through those steps. You mm-hmm. know what they say, when one teaches, two learn. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Or in this case, three, it sounds like. Three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, then one of my sons, he's an electrician's apprentice. Um, our 19-year-old is living in Oregon now. He wanted to go help on his friend's uh, dairy goat farm so he's there I don't, he's doing his own thing but he's 19 figure it out you know mm-hmm. yeah. um and then like i said our 17 year old's electrician's apprentice and then the 14 year old twins one of them does the babysitting the other one he's autistic but he is very high functioning and he trains dairy heifers and sells them sweet wow yeah so that is his in fact to the point that there are some like purebred uh dairy farmers that will sell him heifers when they normally wouldn't sell off farm so that he can show them and break them and get kind of make a name for them through him Mm -hmm. so that's kind of a special arrangement that he has and then that gives me time to focus on my business the kids help me with my business they learn entrepreneurship they're on the fire department with my husband they do 4-h i mean they're just very active in our community but are they socialized, Cody? <laughs> oh, no, not at all. You know, like we keep them pretty much locked down on the farm now. <laughs> yeah, sounds like you're one of those farm people with the farm kids. <laughs> oh, yes. No, they, you know, they do 4-H. They do, yeah. uh, sometimes they go to church. You know, we're, um, we're so far out that sometimes it's really hard. Yeah. Um, especially when we're trying to run a farm. Oh, yeah. No. And uh, I was totally kidding because they're so involved yeah. in all these things. <laughs> right. Like people would say. You know, are they socialized after they've been having a, you know, an hour conversation with one of your kids? They'd be like, how are they socialized? Um, Hello, we're doing that right now. Yeah. You know, I actually, I had my kids come on my podcast and talk about that. That's good. 
Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's the thing yeah. is the kids, the kids need to step up yeah. and the kids need to talk. We tell our kids that all the time. Like mm-hmm. they can hear it from the moms. You know, the, the world mm-hmm. can hear it from moms and dads, but you need to hear it from the homeschool kids. Mm-hmm. You know, in the other moments, my 14 year old son, he plays baseball and every year baseball season, I have to hear how he wants to go to public school in the fall because he wants to hang out with all his buddies. And then come fair in August, then he gets to see all his homeschool friends again and is like, oh, no, I don't want to go back to school. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And has he ever been to public school? Yeah, he went till second grade. But OK, so he doesn't really have much memory and know that he won't really get to talk to his friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's and, you know, I started them in co-op and that's really helped a lot. So mm-hmm. it's given him where he gets to see his friends every week. And then he's happy to be home because he likes his cows and he's, you know, like the autistic one. So, you know, second grade, a lot of times he was the one that I was having to go to the school to deal with because he was having like a breakdown and stripped out of all his clothes and started throwing chairs. So mm-hmm. he does much better at home. Like and we don't yeah. care if he strips down. I mean, we do now and he's 14. But right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. So you kind of alluded to some of this, but what are some of the seasonal or daily or weekly tasks that each of the kids is involved in helping on the on the farm? So my daughter does almost everything with our poultry. That is her job. Mm -hmm. So she decides what we need to order every spring and she lets me know. Um, Which we as a family, we sit down and do family meetings every quarter on how we want to handle our farm. Yes. And all of the kids are involved in that. Ashley's getting ideas. Her boys are only five and five and three. Yeah. We do a morning oh. meeting every day nice. with all four of us because me and Dylan need it. But it keeps all of us like we choose three tasks that we're going to get done in a day. And if we get the three tasks done, even if they're small, then you were a success. Mm. You know, I, I love that. I might have to adopt that one for myself because <laughs> my husband being a disabled vet, it's from being blown up three times in Iraq. So his memory isn't mm. very long. Oh, wow. So maybe having a daily meeting where he has a daily refresher of what our plans are versus the longer term planning. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like yeah. My husband has zero clinical reason for not having a good memory, but <laughs> it's a problem at our house as well. And so he has to, we thrive on that because he will physically write stuff down. It's at the forefront mm-hmm. of his mind and he only has to remember something for the course of a day. I like and that. I mean, thing. we definitely all kind of sit in the living room and do our coffee while the kids are doing the school in the morning. I let them sit in the living room as long as they aren't being. I don't know. When they have moments, you're like, OK, you're done. Like, go sit in my kitchen. Like, <laughs> yes. you, need to be, you need to be a little more structured, like right. you're not paying attention right. to what's, you know, you know, the TV's on. And so suddenly yeah. they, you know, my teenagers can't do math because they're too busy watching Melon or something. And I'm like, no. <laughs> No, no, go to the kitchen. Yes, move. Yes. Okay. But you guys have the quarterly meetings where you decide. Yeah. yeah. Quarterly meeting where we sit down and we just decide what we're going to do with the farm. So, you know, who, like in the fall, for example, we discuss uh, who we're going to cull, which culling always scares people. They think that means that we're just going to go out and start shooting some animals. <laughs> and that's not the case. In fact, you know, you can go to my website. I have a whole thing about how to properly cull animals in a friendly way, you know. Mm-hmm. And some of that is they just get their jobs are changed or they're sold or sometimes that does come to butchering, but it's to nourish the family. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even known what the word means, you guys. I'm just a city girl. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, I can't even like think of, like the proper term for yeah. it. But- you I mean, know, I kind of get it. Yeah. Culling out of like a herd, like in the wild is yeah, when yeah. like, you know, wolves take the weakest one. 
Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. So when we do it on the farm, sometimes that is, okay, we've had this steer for a while now. Should we go ahead and make his appointment with um, the butcher? Uh, hey, we have, you know, we're up to 11 sows. We feel like we like to stay under 10. Who do we think needs to be sold? Or right. you know, a lot of times like older sows, you know, they'll get sold to like um, a 4-H kid who's wanting to start a breeding project. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're cold from our herd, but that doesn't mean that they're like put down or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes like we had a sow who was, very, you know, she got really aggressive at about a year and a half. And we're like, okay, guess what? Like, you know, now you're, we did end up butchering her because that was the best place for her on our farm. Uh, on your table yeah <laughs> i actually I, I joke you know like she's in the freezer now because she she's rude <laughs> yeah but like well, really. no. don't be but rude, not everybody Tony. gets that not everybody gets that humor so <laughs> uh, we do that's funny yeah. so, so but you know it was we had you know a year and a half old she's still young enough that she had good meat but she wasn't right for our family anymore so mm-hmm. or for mm-hmm. our herd but yeah what we do at those meetings is the kids help us make those decisions and a lot of times you know, my husband and I, we are the final decision makers, mm-hmm. but it gives them a chance to have input, to hear the finances of it, to help us do the research. I mean, we'll pull out books and the internet right there to decide what we want to do or see how much we can sell someone for. Mm. And we do that. And then from there, the kids are also at those quarterly meetings, making their decisions for the animals that they are in charge of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my daughter handles all of our poultry. She lets me know what we need to order. She handles all of our incubation. She broods chicks. Um, she gets it on the calendar for butcher dates. Uh, she sell. Uh, I do the selling of our chicks online just because I don't let her have social media yet. Well, she's kind of playing with Instagram a little, but that's. I feel like they have to be taught those things at home rather than being like, you don't get social media until you're 18 and then they make really poor decisions. So, Mm -hmm. but you know, electronics are a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Truly. Um, So I handle most of the selling of our chicks that she lets me know, like, you know, Hey, they're going to be ready in two days. And you know, last time we had a 75% hatch rate. So you can probably plan on about a hundred chicks. Wow. And so then I, you know, get online and have, buyers lined up that you know hey we're going to be hatching this week are you interested in dales mm, yeah so that's something she handles and that's good because she can handle all the incubation from the house when she's helping with the babies mm-hmm. um she runs an incu does incubation and brooding in our basement nice Perfect. and it and involves the, the little ones too right they probably help yes, her, you know look they at the get to help a yeah. lot and they yeah. love it and my five-year-old pretty much thinks it's his job i don't think he realizes it's our daughter's <laughs> yeah and he's really big on it too and talks to me about it. Like uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And then our 17 year old handles more with our pigs, although our pig operation is that's kind of our bread and butter. And we not only make a lot of money off of it, we donate a lot to our community through it and mm-hmm. involve the community with the 4 H kids. And, you know, kids can work off scholarships here at our farm and um, you know, to get yeah. a to get a pig to do 4 H through us. Wow. And we we donate um like full hogs or half hogs for uh, fundraisers and things like that, where they can raffle off and make, you know, a large amount of money for a fundraiser. And then somebody gets a half hog, you know, freezer ready. Wow. So my husband and I do have to do a lot with that, but our 17 year old, you know, being the electrician's apprentice, he's the one who handles, you know, our electric fences and a lot of our Mm -hmm. construction and, 
um, you know, our butcher days, he was out there working this morning with our butcher and, you know, he handles piglets in the middle of the night when he needs to be out there, like helping pull piglets from a sow or something. And, you know, our other kids help, but that's kind of his spot to be. Wow. Yeah. Well, leave this, that to the 17 year old. This is going to sound like a generic <laughs> question, but, or maybe you, because you're already in this, but for so many parents that come into the homeschool app now, I know obviously with the way the world is and what's going on now, homesteading has become really the thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so I know everything that you just got done saying is really answering this next question. But in your terms, to those of you out there listening to us today who have thought about homesteading and, you know, really maybe don't have acreage, right? Or, mm -hmm. or don't have the means. But Cody, what would you say, um, what makes homeschooling while homesteading special what makes it so special because it's more than just well i'm gonna let you answer it because you have your own you know everybody kind of has their own thoughts on it yeah, and, yeah. you know it's the great thing about homesteading or homeschooling on your homestead or vice versa is you're learning everything hands-on so it kind of there's a lot of uh, like there's a lot of homeschool families who are really excited that their kids help in their businesses. And that's because they're learning hands-on. Yeah. But not everybody has a business that they can teach their kids in. But everybody can homestead to some extent. Mm. And even because it's not about, you know, having acreage and growing all of your food. It's a, uh, man, I heard like the greatest analogy, but it's like, a needle on a scale. Are you 0% self-sufficient or 100% self-sufficient? And sometimes just moving that needle a little bit, you're adding more self-sufficiency. And so not only are you giving your kids and your family a gift and a much larger skill that they can use their whole life, it's something that they're doing every single day like and it's like they learn their math through it they you know food you have to eat everybody has to eat so understanding where their food comes from from start to finish is such it's a way to take all of their learning and put it into something that they have to have all the time yeah. and so even if you don't have a farm and you're just growing a tomato in your window while you're growing that tomato in your window seal you can also be learning where your food comes from start to finish through, you know, <clears throat> you know, homesteading books. I, I have the curriculum, but I mean, I think that there's just such a bigger picture to that. I think even my curriculum, I put it together as a uh, guide for just where to start. You know, even as myself as an ag major, I didn't know where to start. And just having that roadmap to be able to put together everything that you're doing in school to a real life topic that they, your kids are going to have ownership in it because it's, they have to eat. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like you said, with the um, needle on a scale zero to 100, I think that people are so um, tempted to live in black and white that you mm -hmm. either are not a homesteader or you are a homesteader. And there's all of this 
gray in the middle that every person, no matter what their situation or means, can be engaging in this stuff with their children. That's the beauty of the modern homestead movement, is it because it isn't an are or aren't. It is a movement. It's a desire. It's a drive. I also I I joke that it's a political movement. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because it's about people kind of taking back control of that's right their sustainability that's right yep take your kids back and your food right because <laughs> that's the reality yeah i mean i just went to the rogue food conference where you, you know I'm listening, yeah <laughs> listening to like the best of the best thinkers you know along with congressmen saying this is all messed up like we've got to fix this i'm just like fangirling over here um, <laughs> Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I couldn't hear a word of it because everybody loved my booth so much. I couldn't get away from it. <laughs> what a beautiful problem to have. Oh my it really gosh. was. And I, I made some beautiful connections there. And I wrote down the names of all the speakers and then like went home and listened to what they had to say because I was really blown away by it, too. Working in I mean, I worked in commercial ag for years before I decided to be a stay at home mom. And so and I was a food safety specialist. So I was actually like I was the the person the private person within the industry who appeased the USDA. And mm-hmm. so now I'm kind of on the other, other end of it being like, we hide from the U- USDA, kind of like bootleggers with our preach, uh, yeah, preach. <laughs> You are wrong. <laughs> we do everything we can on our homestead to like, so we raise uh, right now, we have geese, chickens and meat rabbits. And mm-hmm. so we can butcher a certain amount of rabbits on farm Yes. uninspected and nobody has to ever mm-hmm. know about us and we're like we're staying underneath that threshold and anything else is going to be barter or it's going to be this that or the other thing um, right I, I absolutely love that I mean luckily in North Idaho we're pretty free up here to do what we want yeah um, when we're selling milk off the homestead which we do that mm-hmm. seasonally um we can sell raw milk here legally but it has to be tested through the Idaho Department of Food and Ag and I, I play the game because I want to be able to, because our farm is bigger. Than, you know, it's, it's yeah. a bigger farm. It's not a small farm right now, but well, it's a medium farm, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you can believe it, Cody, here in Wisconsin, raw milk is illegal of all I places. I believe it. Yeah. I, I mean, crazy, right? It's like, <laughs> like SWAT team illegal. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad. Yeah. You know what? I was anti-raw milk myself because I... Uh, you know, I was a, the USDA person. I majored in food mm-hmm. safety. That was my thing. Wow. It's and so funny. To, Go ahead. Oh, I used to read articles about like people in Wisconsin and just be like, why would they feed their <laughs> child raw milk? Oh, <laughs> you know, now like I'm, I'm telling my kids like, oh, don't don't eat that. That's not raw. Yes. <laughs> um, I am a registered dietitian, so I'm on mm-hmm. the food safety end of that. All of my training was in the USDA guidelines and everything. And I am mm-hmm. retraining myself on a regular basis. So I definitely resonate with where you're coming from on that. I have um, my moments. I think it's like this, I have this like epiphany, like at least every couple of months, like, wow, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your curriculum? We want to hear all yeah. the things. Um, of course. So, you know, like I kind of mentioned, I you know, ag major, that was my life. And so even when I started homeschooling the kids, they were excited about, you know, outdoor type things, whether that be farming or hunting or 
we did a lot of hiking at the time and they liked the maps and I was I just assumed that there was going to be a roadmap to be able to teach them. <laughs> yeah. Silly. You know, I, yes. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, a curriculum or even, you know, I'm like, I've been in, involved in 4-H and FFA my whole life. I'll just go buy a, you know, a 4-H curriculum and use that. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't fit. Um, not to say that there aren't some really great resources out there. And I actually, in my curriculum, cite hundreds of these resources because mm-hmm. I know that that's just one piece. What I'm offering is only one piece of it. Um, I, so I have started piecing it together over a couple of years, along with my website, which originally was the homemade revelation mm-hmm. because it was all about my revelations in that we weren't doing things all natural for my husband. Mm. And I, it, it was, it was a hard process for us. Like the kind of what made me start the um my website is I was sitting in the middle of my kitchen with like all these new gadgets to be able to I, I don't know make broth and can it and I just I didn't even know what to do with all of it and so I had to start cataloging it in some way and that in my research led to hey somebody else might be able to get something from this mm. that has led to I was listening to a podcast and this gal was talking about how I don't even remember. She made stamps for her wedding. And somehow they ended up in Southern Living Magazine. And I said, aha, I need to write a curriculum. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how the two connected, but I always bring that up because it was so funny how it just yeah. popped in my head like that. <laughs> Crazy. And, you know, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go home and tell my husband. And he's going to think, you know, it's going to be like, oh, no, another one of Cody's crazy ideas. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just full of them. But <laughs> Uh, he actually was like, that's a goldmine, babe. How long is it going to take you? You know, let's figure <laughs> it out. And so I wrote my first one in about a month. I just mm-hmm. sat down and that's all I did. Eight hours a day. But I had been collecting data for years. Yeah. So my hardest part was learning the program to make all the pages and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I put it out there and it was just, it's a, it was a, my little learner's edition and it was to just teach kids where their food comes from and give them a hands-on activity to do every day to bring that all together. Mm. And it comes with a poster where they build their own homestead while they're uh, learning about their homestead. So it gives that long-term planning and goals uh, that just so many kids don't have right now. It's all about instant Mm. gratification. Yeah. And so that was, I realized really quick that I wanted to teach life skills and quality of character with it because that is such a big piece of homesteading like to be a homesteader you need to be able to work with everybody around you in a way that you don't in many other walks of life Mm -hmm. and that comes with character that you need to you know respect your neighbor respect your the animals that are providing you food and so I I teach that throughout there's life skills and there's quality of character with everything that I teach as long Mm -hmm. as well as it being a science And so, of course, I had a I, I had a lot of people really excited about it. But the next thing was, where's the junior high high school? Do you have something for adults? Yep. Yep. And so I and that's something else I found is that anywhere I could find resources was for younger kids, and there is not a lot for these older kids. Right. It starts narrowing down to just teaching them the core subjects, and there's not a lot on the electives. Yeah. And the stuff that are electives doesn't bring it full circle. Yeah. And it's boring. It's not. 
Like I get bored teaching it and I am like, I'm a lifelong learner. I love it. You know? And I'm like, why, why are we doing this? So, yes. yeah. Um, so yeah, I spent the next year and I wrote the junior high and high school version. It has 18 units all on different aspects of self-sufficiency. And I call it introduction to homestead science. And that's what I wanted it to be was a real introductory class for everybody. Mm-hmm. So if you have never been on a farm, whether you are a kid or an adult, you are going to learn a ton from this book. If you, you know, like my kids, they're pretty comfortable on a farm, but they don't know the science of it. They don't know how to run a business and do the accounting for their homestead. And that's, I teach that throughout the book, as well as citing all of those references. And it's not just citing at the back of the book. It's go, you know, when you finish this unit, if you loved it and want to know more, go to my website. And then there's a list of all the other books that I've read that I think have value towards that subject as well as uh previewed videos for from extension offices to give quality information mm. and a lot of what i teach in there is where to get your quality of information mm. it's there especially with this homestead movement there is so many there are so many books so many youtube channels so many blogs everybody is a homestead guru right (laughs) or at least trying to be yeah yeah and some of them have amazing information and i'm again i'm not taking away from any of that um you know i i don't know it all Mm -hmm. Uh, but what i am my goal is is to educate to be able to make sure that people are getting the right information yeah and to make those good choices for their family for their animals you know, because not every style is the same and not every climate is the same. I mean, that's a big one that really preach with the blogs is, you know, like I teach, I do most of my homesteading in North Idaho. Even the stuff I learned growing up in California. I mean, I could grow anything in California. I could throw seeds out the window and go <laughs> harvest in the fall, you know. It's not the same in North Idaho. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I have to, you know, baby those things like grow them inside move them outside and put little like huts over them and um but then I can have a great garden and I can teach on that but I I wouldn't be able to teach somebody who lives in Alabama how to grow a tomato I mean I can give the Mm -hmm. basics of how you start a tomato but I can't give the ins and outs of why they have some sort of rot from the humidity I don't know how to deal with that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you've collected resources of Mm -hmm. people who do yes yeah awesome and what I haven't created what I haven't been able to put together i just teach that you know here's the basics of growing a tomato now you need to go make sure that you when you're trying to troubleshoot your farm make sure you're getting these quality sources you know start with the extension offices they're going to be great because you have an extension office in every county that teaches all sorts of food and things um basically they're like little homestead offices (laughs) I mean, people see them as like the ag departments and they're really Mm -hmm. not. They're more about community education because they're from land grant colleges. Mm -hmm. And they're like the original bloggers, but and and so many of them do YouTube videos and things like that now, but they don't they still don't have everything. And so when you take that next step and go to the YouTubers and the bloggers, it's all about, um, you know, discerning between if they're in the same community or the same uh, climate as you. 
or whether or not they're even raising the same breed as you or if they're an organic farmer and you're not or you're you're hoping to have an organic farm and they're like yeah get rid of weeds with roundup like that that doesn't work you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know even for us we're somewhere in between like we chemicals on our driveway but not in our gardens you know but they're (laughs) only you know 300 yards apart so i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) so this almost makes me want to go out and buy your curriculum, even though my girls have graduated, but I have a grandchild now, so I'll start him young. I don't know. Oh, there you um, go. Yeah, he's one month old, literally. But, you know. Oh, well, hey. you know. Um, <laughs> I, I have coloring books, so wait a couple of years and you'll be good. Okay. All right. I will do that. So other than buying your curriculum, which I think everybody should do, yeah. if oh, someone wants to move that needle just a little bit, let's say for 2023, they're like, okay, mm-hmm. I want to move the needle. What beginner recommendations do you have? Um, so I would say, you know, just pick what I I always say, pick one habit and change it. So like when we started doing everything from scratch, it started, you know, I was trying to do bake the bread, make the broth, raise the chickens, and I was exhausted and it just Mm -hmm. didn't fit into our life. It felt like work all the time. Mm -hmm. So my suggestion would be pick one thing that calls to you the most. Um, For example, that could be baking your own bread. That's a really easy one for people who don't have homesteads. You know, if you don't have acreage and stuff like that, you know, start with baking your bread. You you don't have to, you don't have to start with sourdough bread. That's a big undertaking. (laughs) Um, Start with just a plain old um, yeast bread. I do mine in the bread machine. I but I don't um I don't do it completely in the bread machine, but I have I have six kids. I can't make enough bread for all of us. It's ridiculous. So I actually have two bread machines and you know, we go through our phases. Like right now we aren't doing bread. I'm trying to launch a business. Like it's just it's not happening. Yeah. But when we are in that season of life that we're like, yeah, we need to be back on bread. I make bread bags on Sundays where I put all the dry ingredients in a Ziploc bag. And then in the mornings when my daughter's uh, making breakfast, she just dumps them in the bread machine with the um, hot water and milk and yeast and starts them and they do their thing. And when they stop, whoever happens to walk by them, we pull them out and we split them into, uh, we we take the dough out and we split it into two uh, pieces or two loaves. So we have four loaves from those. Mm-hmm. And we let that rise. And right before lunch, we throw it in the oven and we have fresh hot bread right before lunch. And whatever's left lasts us for a couple of days. Mm. My husband just brought me, bought me a bread machine. Oh, yeah. that's, that's your thing then, Jenny. That's your 2020. Yeah. 100% so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? It's you just books. said, you said it on the bread um, setting. I have a, there's actually an ebook on my website. It's free. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called uh, homemade cost cutting. And so as soon as you go to my site, it pops up and yep. you just, you know, email address and it comes to you. And it's how we took our food budget from 1500 a month to 300 a month. Nice. And it was all about just making those little changes. Yeah. Isn't that how it is? It is just the little changes. Not all, not everything yeah. on one day at one time. Yep. And once we mastered bread, then it was like, okay, bread's part of our daily routine. Like we didn't even think about this, you know? Mm-hmm. 
you know, my daughter, like with the Ziploc bags, like she just piles them up and I make new bread bags in the empty ones so that we weren't even going through a ton of plastic. And you just find that, you know, once you've mastered one and that's part of your daily routine, you add another one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you've mastered one, then you can tweak it. Like, I don't like the idea of using white sugar in my bread, but that was the easy recipe I found. Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm going to switch to using honey or maple syrup. Well, when you switch from a dry sugar to a liquid sugar, there's a little bit of a learning curve and you end up with some weird breads. But hey, <laughs> make, make croutons, make French toast, yeah. you know? <laughs> Like, don't waste that stuff. There's always something you can do yeah. with it, you know? And you just keep doing that and then add what makes sense to you and makes sense to your family and your what you have the abilities to do. Very good. Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> that something that really transformed um, things for me, and I just heard it in the last, like, we've been on our homestead for... 18 months. And I think I heard it about a year ago from Jess at Roots and Refuge Farm, mm, her yes. best YouTube ever. Um, <laughs> she's such a calming presence and like completely different than anybody else that I found on YouTube because she's mm -hmm. just, even if you don't homestead or grow anything at all, you should just watch her stuff because it's, she wants to be a calm place for you to come and hang out. And you definitely feel that way. Mm. But she oh, says, uh, I'm too high strung, so. <laughs> Same. I'm drinking an energy drink right now. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Um, so she says, turn your waiting room into a classroom. That is yeah. one of her main phrases. So in the homesteading sector, like nobody goes from zero to most people. Okay, I'll say it that way. Mm -hmm. We don't go from zero to owning the homestead. Like lots of mm -hmm. people that are in neighborhoods are like, yes. I really wish, um, you know, that we had the land. It's on our list, whatever. Okay. What are all the skills that you're learning right now that are going to prepare you for when God puts you in that situation and yes. you have the homestead? Good. Because, I mean, we were on kind of a fast track to homesteading or whatever. Like, I think we made a lot of changes quickly and it still took us five or six years mm -hmm. to get from mainstream everything. Like Ashley's a registered dietitian following all the USDA guidelines to where we are now, which is mm -hmm. full 180 flip. <laughs> um, so it does take time and you are going to get burnt out if you take on everything at once. Yeah. Yes. 100%. The other best advice I can give is if you have kids and you're doing this together, put them to work. I'm mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 100%. I actually, I am speaking on this at some homeschool conferences this year. Mm -hmm. They about, need that responsibility. Yes. It's about building ownership and start those little guys. Um, You said you had a three and five-year-old on your homestead? Yep. Yep. Yeah. They need a job that's just They've there. They've got jobs <laughs> doing all the jobs. Vinny is well, very he's like 20. I mean, well, Vinny three, is very yeah. inconsistent. Yeah. Littlest is very inconsistent on his job, but he's doing his best thing. Teddy is like a total rock star. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. Total rock star and well, loves every second of it. My little yeah. one doesn't talk yet. He's like, he's in his own world. Like, <laughs> He's like the star of my podcast because people are like, what did Branch get into this week? You know, <laughs> um, but yeah, he thinks everything is his job. So he tries to do everything. But, um, you know, 
that has led to like our kitchen on fire. But, Spills you know. and messes <laughs> and wasted feed and all of yeah. the things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, yesterday he went in and turned on my flat iron, flat ironed his hair, put on some makeup, <laughs> came out into the living room and slathered the inside of his onesie jammies with lotion and then went and got in the shower with all his clothes on. So, And he's like, I'm ready to start my day. <laughs> right. I was like, you did it backwards, but I love it. You know? Yeah. I'm a little <laughs> and- scared because I raised two daughters and now I have a grandson who's one month old and I'm going to be his primary <laughs> caregiver when my daughter goes back to work. And now Oh, that's awesome, scared. though. Yeah, there was no nope. way my grandbaby's going to daycare. So, yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> I have a three-year-old banging on my door right now. That's what um, I, I have to lock the baby out of my office from the outside with uh, so I'm actually locked in my office right now like I can't get out until I knock to get out <laughs> life skill lesson okay <laughs> so what would you say I know we talked a little you know your your curriculum which I also want to buy and the extra resources on your website and everything <laughs> and the extra, so yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a really full. Um, it covers a little of everything, so it's a, it's a really great starting place. Yeah, Ashley, what about you? Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Uh, are you talking to me? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, when there's four <laughs> Sorry. of us, I, I know. Sure. Um, yes. I would just say try it, do it, um, get the kids involved. That's my biggest one. Um, I know as moms that we feel like we have to do it all. Mm. We have to do all the things, check all the boxes, and we don't have to. Um, we actually kids, hurt our kids when we don't involve them and get them in, in right. working. One hundred percent. You know, I actually this has kind of been my thought of the week. Is I heard, oh, I was on a website or something. Somebody was saying. I brought these kids into the world. They didn't ask to be here. So I have to do everything for them. Mm. What? And I, yeah, I was like, uh-uh. who are you really benefiting with that thing? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, my kids, sometimes they work really hard and I have to remind them that, hey, you know, like, yeah, you work harder than your friends in Oregon did. Um, but you don't work as hard as the kids down the road that have grown up on a full dairy their whole lives. Right. So, you know. Take that into consideration, but remember, it's an everybody helps rule. Everybody eats from the same kitchen. Everybody benefits from the same farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's kind of like that that nursery rhyme, isn't it? Which one? The one about the hen. Help me out, you guys. You know, we have to sow the wheat, and then we need to whatever the seed, oh, and then you bake the bread. Yeah, yeah, what is yeah. that one? What is that called? I, don't I am not sure. I'm going to have to find that one. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's a little children's book. I re- I can picture it. I just don't know the Four title. homeschool yeah. moms sitting here. I got nothing against. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you no, know, I- my favorite one is just there was a little girl that had a little curl right in the middle of her forehead. And when she was good, she was very, very good. And when she was bad, she was horrid. Yes. I have one girl out of five or out of six. So. <laughs> okay, listen. So the boy that you're looking at right now, my son. Mm-hmm. he was terrified of that nursery rhyme and we didn't understand it. I mean, well, kind of, but I think it was the word he was really little. And I think it was the word horrid that just oh. terrified him. But yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, just, I just recite that one to my 14 year old daughter at least once a day so that she remembers that she's yeah. naughty. 
<laughs> but you guys know which one I'm talking about. What is it? Remember? And it's it's about what you were saying, Cody. Get them to work. Have them help out. Why? Yeah. So that they're in it. So they can see yeah. the, mm-hmm. you know, the fruit of their labor. Yeah. And let them make mistakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Let them mess it up royally and then yes. figure it out. Don't That's help right. them. And That's not right. in a... Like not in a mean way and, and you know, set them up to fail on the little things so that they have the good problem solving skills. So where they don't fail on the big things. Yeah. Preach it, girl. <laughs> exactly. And it's good for all of us. I mean, I, that's good for parents, right? Is mm-hmm. failure is not bad. No. It's good. You have to fail to know. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yep, you're never going to change. Yeah, 100%. My boys... uh watch my husband and I like fall on our uh, fall directly on our faces like in Technicolor every single day with all of this homesteading stuff like and no matter how much you plan when you were talking about like all of these resources it depends on your climate it depends on this Uh all of the animals the specific breeds that we've purchased with all of the research behind it I'm I'm on all the things I'm doing the books I'm doing the blogs I'm getting And it's not like people are being, uh, I don't think, deceitful in the resources that they're putting out. It's that there's so many factors that go into every single property, every single homestead, Mm -hmm. people that run it, all of those things that we got Muscovy ducks. And I'm like, here's all the pros. Look at all this stuff. They're prolific layers, blah, blah, blah. We got Mm -hmm. like 11 eggs out of our flock of 16 Muscovy ducks over an entire season and they ate like crazy. Like it was such a, such a, uh, feed pit. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I did everything that I was supposed to do. And then it's okay. We're pivoting. So we found a new home for these ones. What are we going to do instead? And when we started all of this, when we got our property, I felt really self-conscious about the kids watching us fail. Like, oh, they yeah. must think we're a mess the same way that I think as an adult, other adults looking at me think that I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. And really, they're getting resilience from that. Mm-hmm. You know, I. It's it's a great thing. I actually um, I just did a live webinar. Uh, it's recorded and free on my website with a download um, that talks about how to find all that right information and break it down and keep track of what you find. Because that's going to be your next biggest problem is you do all this research and you're like, aha, I got it all figured out. And then there's an issue and you don't remember where you found the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, if you download that, it gives you all of all the things it, you know, works you through the research. It works you through the science of homesteading. It works you through how to teach homesteading. And it has the way to keep track of all of your research because there is no one right answer with this movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, then the failing part, I yeah, we have a 17-year-old who is learning all the things about relationships right now and struggling with it, with, you know, dating and with his friends and their family relationships that he's being more exposed to now that he's out in the world. Mm-hmm. And we actually sat down with him last night after my husband and I had a typical marriage argument. <laughs> and we said, you know, you guys sometimes see the arguments and we do that on purpose because that's about learning how to have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. But why don't you come in here and sit down and listen to us work out the tail end of that's, it? Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, your kids seeing you fail, mm-hmm. you know, but I get it, Ashley. That's the thing. It's 
we're so hard on ourselves and it's humiliating, but mm-hmm. only when we come from this stance of we have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. no such thing. When no. your kids see you fail, I, I remember one day Madeline was really little. We were doing this devotion in the morning and Madeline said, and the title of the devotion was um, self-control. And, you know, mm-hmm. with her innocence, she said, mom, this is a great one for you. <laughs> you know what? She's right. What do you mean? Just because I threw the math book across the room? Is that what you're trying to say? Right. But that's a reality. And the truth is, I'm a human. And we can, I always say this, we can go peek in anyone's homeschool without them knowing. And what we're going to find is dysfunction. Oh, yeah. Because all of us are dysfunctional human beings. Mm-hmm. And when you live under that, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. When you mm-hmm. embrace the fact that you're dysfunctional, right, in some way, shape, or form, right. it sets you for. <laughs> you know, I once told my kids, I said, you guys mess up every day, and so do I. So if you're willing to work with me, I'm willing to work with you. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, we asked you if there were any parting thoughts, and then we started talking again. So, oh, Cody, well. any more parting thoughts? <laughs> uh, no, just... Uh... Yeah. You know, kind of like I said, I have those freebies. I would love for you guys to check them out or your listeners, because I really feel like they give a lot of value for anybody who's trying to get started both on a homestead and uh, trying to involve their children in it. And it doesn't have to be just for homeschoolers, like anybody who wants to teach those kids, their kids, those life skills. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you um, chit-chatting with us. and we Oh, appreci- yeah. I really enjoyed it. And we're glad Ashley's here, too, because you guys, can you imagine if it was just Tina and I, we wouldn't have known what to say. I don't know. I've been sitting here talking to myself the whole time. My husband says podcasting was the best job ever for me. It's really true. I agree. We agree wholeheartedly. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to check out your curriculum. And we have so many moms, like I said, who moms and dads who are coming in and just really letting go of the system. And mm-hmm. so what a great, beautiful, perfect timing to chat with you. So thank well, you so thank much. You. Yes. Moms and dads, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. You don't really tune in, but it just seems like I'm a radio person when I say that. But um, be blessed. Know that you are here for such a time as this and you have everything in you. You can learn whatever it is that God has laid on your heart and called you to. Be blessed. Be blessed.